Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Who among us has not wanted to fuck all of their tools in the garage? Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things CinemaSins, TV Sins, and commercial sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by CinemaSins co-founder, Jeremy Scott. Hello! How you doing, Aaron? Uh, I'm doing okay. Just, um... You know, like I mentioned, tired from last night and uh, mm. planning for a Super Bowl party um, later today. Yeah. Although I don't really care about the game. I'm not a I'm not a football person. Um, hockey's the only sport actually worth watching. So, wow, that was a that was a bold take. And uh, the baseball fan in me will let it slide. Baseball's a good passive sport. Like like baseball's a game that like I feel like you know, it's great to have on the TV while you're doing other things. But to sit yep. down and concentrate on a game for three hours is Unless it's look, unless it's like 2005 White Sox World Series, you know, which is like the best baseball there has ever been, in my opinion. <laughs> that and like the 2003, 2004 Red Sox, you know, um, everything else is just fine, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, football is just a terrible sport to watch because there's five actions of, of five seconds of action every minute. And that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a crawl. Um, since we were recording this before the Super Bowl, do you have uh, do you have a take on the Super Bowl that is probably going to age poorly? <laughs> I mean, here's my take that I hope doesn't age poorly. At least this one should be a really good game, which means watch it be completely lopsided for some reason. But I feel like this could be one of those high scoring both sides go down to the wire big play kind of games. And I hope I didn't jinx it. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't care. I don't care about either of these teams. Uh, my yeah. team is a circus. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't have any dogs in this, in this fight. Do you have a preference on who you wish would win? No, I like both of those quarterbacks uh, a great deal. I don't know. And both of those teams have, have had a lot of success in the postseason in the last right. five, 10 years. What do you think about the halftime show? How do you think Ron is going to do? I don't care. Um, yeah, me too. I am super unfamiliar with her music, uh, whereas last year I was very familiar with all of the songs in that montage. And so we'll see. I mean, I, that may be where I go uh, use the bathroom and uh, refill the snacks because yeah. I, I, I would rather see the commercials first and mostly for the trailers. Yep. 
and then and then the game and then honestly i know that umbrella song that's about it i really don't know her music very well I, I feel like she's got a bunch of music songs that like they'll come up and you'll be like, oh, I didn't. I guess I just didn't put that together. That's her. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that's the case that I've heard a song a bunch of times, but didn't know it was her music for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the way for me too. Or like, I feel like like I, de- I definitely recognize and know her voice and some song that she's been in, but like, um, I don't, I don't necessarily know. Uh, like, I couldn't pick out her songs. You know, she's not on my right. Spotify Wrapped or whatever. You know. So, <laughs> um, uh, quick on the spot question: If you uh, were to run the Super Bowl halftime show next year, who would you pick? Oh wow, that's a tough question. Yeah, has Taylor Swift ever done it? I don't think so. I think she would. Uh, there I might be a reason it. why she's never done it. They've got to have asked her, right? They have to have. I think she would do a really good job. Most of the most of the bands I would recommend, I got to see do it, like because I'm old. So you uh, two got to do one, and Tom mm-hmm. Petty got to do one, and. Anyway, no, I don't know that I can think of one off the top of my head other than maybe Taylor Swift, because I think she puts on a pretty good show just in general on her tour. I've not been, but from what I understand. Yeah. Apparently, she's just too busy making music to put together a halftime show, <laughs> according to an article I'm reading on you. She Unilab does right put now. out an album like every three months, it seems. So it does <sighs> seem that way. Yeah, um, I would love I think Muse would make the best halftime show ever. Mm, I, I think do like awesome. a lot of Muse songs. I don't I don't think they would ever be picked because I don't think they're like in enough. Like, I don't think like they're I don't think most people would like recognize them. Like, they're a very popular band in the rock community. But right. Let's be honest, like the pop is the most popular genre. So, of I mean, course, it's, it's yeah. literally popular music. So because <laughs> um, even Coldplay like kind of has that rock, but it's it's rock pop, you know. Muse oh yeah, is Cold, like straight Coldplay up is as much pop as it is rock. Yeah, and Muse yeah. is definitely leaning the other and, direction. And Muse will sell out, you know, the United Center or whatever big venue is in Nashville. All of them, right? They're all big venues. There's no small mm-hmm. venues in Nashville. But, yeah, but uh, but you know, Muse will still sell out all of them. But it's like that. There's a big step between we'll sell out the United Center and we'll perform at the halftime show for the Super Bowl. You know, the biggest concert in the world every year. <laughs> yeah. So since since Rite Aid, you know. <laughs> um, Anyway, that's enough uh, uh, of that. Uh, you ready to dive into this inside scoop? Let's dive. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We'll start off with Monday. Uh, she Hulk one by four. This is not real magic. Um, have you checked out the show at all? Uh, I have not seen the show, so the Sins video is a little trippy for me because mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of jokes. I wasn't necessarily following because I'm not familiar with the show and I haven't watched the first three since videos for sure. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, no, it was, uh, it was all new to me. This is um, going to be my favorite thing about not hosting BTS anymore is that I haven't seen the show. I really want to. And yeah. I, know, I, I can wait to watch the Sins videos until I watch the show now. There you so. go. There you <laughs> and go. And now I should have more time to watch the show because of doing the prep and recording and editing and all this will be off of my schedule. So, yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat with you, but I have seen the first three Sins videos, obviously. Well, why don't you kick us off? What are some of the things that you liked about the video then? Well, I liked the uh, the Sopranos jokes. Well, let's let's start off with the Sopranos sin then, because there was the there was a sin that said something uh, along the lines of this is the episode where I think Rosalind dies. Uh, Adriana. Yeah, Adriana. Yeah. OK. And I don't know, because I started the Sopranos. I got like four or five episodes in and then 
it's really good, but like it's a slow burn, like kind of like The Wire. And I just I wasn't ready for a slow burn show at the yeah. at that moment. So I am excited to pick it back up at some point. But um, anyway, the there was that sin, and then um, the narrator says, "Well, sorry, Wong. That episode of The Sopranos aired almost two decades ago. The spoiler statute of limitation limitations has long ran out. So I have a question for you, Jeremy." Mm-hmm. When is the spoiler statute of limitations? What is that defined for you? I think that's a fascinating question, but I think the answer is different depending on the scenario. I, I mean the place. So if you go on Twitter, the spoiler statute of limitations is roughly 40 minutes, maybe less. I mean, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what it should be. I'm oh, no, saying, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, but also I would use a different rule for tweeting to all my followers than I would for having a one-to-one conversation with you. Um, So like the statute is longer with friends that I think might watch. Like I'm not going to spoil the Sopranos for you now, knowing that you've only seen four episodes, but on Twitter, I would happily spoil the Sopranos. Yeah. And I think that's fair game at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I would say a decade maybe. um, Okay. For something. It really also depends on how massive the spoiler is. And you know, Adriana being killed is not that massive of a spoiler. That show kills almost everybody you meet. Uh, right. But the way the show ends is famously controversial mm-hmm. uh, and really good conversation fodder. Uh, and I think we're way past the statute there for that conversation. So. I mean, that was immediately, and it's been parodied a million times of, you know, yeah. like comedy TV shows being like, you know, what are we going to do? Cut to back in the middle of a set? And then, you know, yeah. obviously it does. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the spoiler statute of limitations, I think I'm a little bit more like ready to go with it than you are. But I think it's because like I didn't grow up with the Internet like it was around at a very young age for me. But like it wasn't just around all the time. And like I was in like middle school or high school when social media has really started to take off. So it's like I guess it's maybe a little bit more in my upbringing, but like maybe that has something to do with it. I feel like for me, again, it's different between what I would tweet. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of spoilers that I'm not going to tweet. But I think, personally, if there is a TV show airing week to week, you have until the next episode starts airing. Mm. That's kind of my thing. Now, obviously, like, I'm I'm not going to say anything here. But, like, there's The Last of Us airing right now. And there is definitely things that I I would not tweet out that happened in the first few episodes. Uh, I've seen the first three. And I know there's five out right now. Yeah. So it's like, I, I've seen the first three and it's like, e- even not having seen four or five, like if I come across something on my Twitter timeline, knowing that four has been out for a week, like it's kind of one of those, like it's kind of on me, but I'm not going to tweet out any major spoiler or anything like that. But I feel like right. at least being able to talk about it and around spoilers, I feel like is, is a week in a, in a public setting. Yeah. Setting. And you know, what's interesting is that Twitter has been pretty kind regarding the last of us. Like, surprisingly and i think it's because the video game fans like know where it's going and they're excited for the real people to get there that's exactly where i'm at like i don't want to ruin any of what's coming and and even though they're changing a lot as they go i'm fairly certain this is going where the game went um by the end of it at the very least that like twist at the end i think is for sure where it's going to go now whether everything else plays out that way right what I'd be really excited to see is if they're going to change things up from The Last of Us Part 2 for the Season 2. Uh, that's what I'm excited to see. And I mean, if they're smart, in my opinion, they'll make up stories in between the two games and give that show more than two seasons of run. Sure. Because 
it's increased in viewers every single week. It's a juggernaut right now. And yep. I mean, from a story standpoint, you just do season two based on the game and you call it a day, kind of like the Watchmen one and done. This one would be two and done. But I think they're going to create in between content mm-hmm. um, that lives between those two games because she ages quite a bit, like several years between the two games. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress can pull it off. I'm not worried about that. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that's kind of my like statute of limitations for TV. I mean, if, if it's something like a Netflix series, I feel like give it a month. You know, yeah. if like for Stranger Things, give it a month because that's eight episodes that's or 10 episodes or whatever that's so long. For movies, I think it's whenever it's readily available on a, on a free streaming or on a subscription um, TV service, streaming yeah. service. So whenever it's on Netflix or HBO Max, then go for it. That's yeah. my thing. I think those are, those are those are smart guidelines to set. I think those work. Well, and also, obviously, like, let's say Empire Strikes Back released today. Like, I'm not going to tweet out the day it hits Netflix. You know, Darth Vader's Luke's father. Oh, my God. Like, ha, you know, yeah. I'm going to wait a little bit longer for something like that magnitude. But anyway, did you find your Sopranos notes? Um, no, I I honestly don't know what the hell happened. I have no notes here <laughs> for uh, She-Hulk. And I apologize to the listeners and to the host and to the universe. I am the least prepared podcast guest <laughs> in BTS history. So, so far. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so far. I also have show is troping so hard on this bad date that I'm surprised they didn't just give this guy an asshole so we know he's an apple or did they? And then, uh, uh, yeah. And it's and an then there's a done, 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 and it zooms in each time on an iPhone. And then the follow up scene is like, wait, I think I said that last one wrong. Uh, Disney Plus did not immediately announce a Madison and Wonger series right after this episode aired. And like, I feel like the MCU needs more of these like fun, means nothing projects. Like, I think that's a real, that would be a really like, I think that's how the MCU stays interesting, <laughs> honestly, yeah. is yeah. is when they get their Madison and Wongers or like um or like the they did that series of shorts where, where Thor was like roommates with some random guy named Daryl. And those were hilarious. <laughs> I didn't see that. It was uh it was for Civil War because because uh, Thor is not in that movie because he's not on Earth. Oh, that's right. And so they made some of those like shorts where he's like living with like, but it's like from the guy's perspective that he's living with. And he's like mad because like thor left molnir on the toilet seat and this guy's not worthy to lift it so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so uh, they're on the bonus feature of the blu-ray so anyway like stuff like that is is gonna be or like now that they've introduced animated series like what if like why not give a give a fun thing anyway like a madison yeah. and wonger series just seems perfect it does there's a sin that says which is honestly so dramatic that and a hate drama which is uh, the reason why we Never send the second episode of This Is Us somehow makes its way into the episode. And then I made a BTS note to ask um, if this This Is Us and was a happy accident because the episode later shows them watching This Is Us. Or was it added after you saw the clip in the episode? And then literally right after I wrote that down, I paused it so I could write it down. The next sin explains that it was a happy accident. I'm like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I already typed it out, so I'm leaving it. Um (laughs) <laughs> man that happens with me when i'm writing sins sometimes is i'll pause a movie to write this kick-ass sin and i'll hit play on the movie and they completely undermine everything i just wrote by explaining the thing i was questioning i hate that yeah i mean it, when you're sitting there and you're watching rise of skywalker and you're like well how did palpatine return this is stupid and then oscar isaac <laughs> says somehow palpatine returned i mean that's <laughs> not now your whole thing is out the way <laughs> yep i'm screwed Writers thought that including clips of the overdramatic This Is Us and the underdramatic She-Hulk will bring balance to the universe. That's the last one I had written down. Yeah, good stuff. 
I don't think I mentioned, by the way, Jonathan and Daniel on that one. Um, All right. So there we go. Now I've mentioned it. Let's get to a movie that I know that you love. Tuesday's video is Prey. You and Jonathan writing on this one. Yes. Out of the Predator franchise, where does Prey rank for you? Okay. Uh, like, I feel like it's two or one for everybody, right? I think it's at one. I think there's so much more intentional filmmaking. Predator, there's a lot of stories about the making of that movie and mm-hmm. the writing of that movie and the killing off of Shane Black. It doesn't have that intention for the first half of it, but it's the original. And so people are going to be like, oh, it's heresy to say, but pray. It is, does not waste a second. Everything in that movie, and I even wrote it into a sin, is is there for a reason mm. and pays off later. And it it's all earned. It's not even cheesy. So yeah, I think it's one right now. Okay, I think it's fair to say it's the best movie, right? But whether it is the favorite, you know? Yes, I think it's the best, the most well made. I love Prey. I mean Predator, and I love Matiernan, but. Yeah, I think Prey is... If if Predator just, came out 20 years later, it's a totally different movie, right? And we yeah. get that with Predators, you know? But Predator is still an 80s action movie starting, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, like, yeah. it is better than most 80s action movies, especially the one starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's better than Commando. Commando's a bad movie. Um, I don't know why that one made it, you know? But it's the most basic movie I've ever seen. And that's... <laughs> for an 80s movie, no. Like... And I guess I just, while I'm already getting here, like I, I don't think I like Prey as much as everybody else, but I didn't see it until December. So like the hype train was well off. I think my expectations were just too high. Um, mm. I really liked it, but like I'm like, this is the movie that people are like ranting and raving about. I'm like it's great, right? But it is a movie I wish I could have. I, I, I wish I could have seen it on a big screen because there's some really good earth porn in the movie mm-hmm. that uh, just in the setup shots and sometimes in the the wide overhead shots. It's a gorgeous movie, but yeah, I mean, no, not every movie is for everybody or it hits you in the same way. And yeah, that hype train has got me a million times. Yeah. So. I will also go on record saying I really like predator too. Obviously like to me, I would say, <laughs> I would say prey is number two for me, but like, like obviously predator and then prey for me right now. Um, look, as long as the predator is at the very bottom of the list, anything else doesn't really matter. But like, <laughs> I, I only saw Predator 2 for the first time like two or three years ago, and I kind of like it. So, But that's fair. I th- I have a friend that really enjoys it, but... It's nowhere near the original, and I think Predators has cult classic status, and I don't quite think it's earned, but... Um, yeah, yeah, and again, that movie has a story, too, because it, it was apparently planned to be Arnold, yeah. and then the last minute we ended up with fucking is it gary Busey? Uh, it's gary Busey. it doesn't matter but i made a joke and i even wrote it down as one of my favorites that rips on predator 2 yep. in this video uh because it's listing i love the sins that have something serious to say but then go off the rails at the end so i started writing this sin this movie has lots to say about predators and prey because it really does the aliens versus the earth-based animals the frenchman versus the bison the frenchman versus the cage comanche the comanche versus the eagles and deer and then for fun i said predator 2 versus people who saw predator 2 uh, <laughs> as another example of predator and prey uh you've been preyed upon if you've seen that movie um anyway those are my favorite kinds of sins to write that where i can have something actually in my opinion thoughtful to say about the film but then also have something ridiculous to add to that sure yeah and look i understand why people don't like it right especially if if i would have been around like in the theaters when they both came out like 
yeah, it would have been a huge disappointment, right? Like every yeah. 80s action sequel. But uh, I think it was just, I, I saw it for the first time and I don't think anybody has ever said a good thing about Predator 2. So um, if you Now somebody has. Now somebody has. So if you were like, uh, look, give it a shot. It's kind of fun. Um, another big thing for me about why like Prey just really annoyed me is, and the Sins video points it out so many different times, is like, all right, so this is a very like primitive world. It's not very primitive. It's not ancient, you know, but it is a it, it is a more primitive setting, and um, and the predator is kind of like a little bit uh, like less evolved, but still very evolved. But he's still like is cloaked all the time, and you're like, obviously he's gonna win if he's cloaked. Like this isn't even a fair fight, right? Like it was what like a cloaked. Uh, cloak predator versus like a it was the the like the bunny or whatever it's like why are you still cloaking for a bunny like yes <laughs> yeah it's not fair he's not fair most of, and even and there's a sin about this too but even towards the climax when her older brother comes swooping in on that horse he is kicking the predator's ass yep. and shooting arrows in him running by and grabbing his arrows back and the predator's like fuck this and puts his cloak on and that's just cheating man it is yeah it is cheating uh, I, I you you mentioned this a little earlier. I want to I want to backtrack just a, a bit. Um, there there was no sin for this being dumped on Hulu instead of in a theater. Um, no, I can't remember if there was one in the original combined. Cause the way we do these things is I'll write my script and Jonathan will write his, and then we'll combine everybody's, and that script is massive, and we just couldn't make a a sins video out of all of that. And so, we'll, you know, almost every video we end up cutting sins that we think are good or that we like. Um, just for general bloat. So that yeah. might've happened here. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't sin the movie for that. Mm. I, might, I might write it in the sins video for that movie, but I would have sinned the studio or whoever made that decision. True. Um, but again, they made the decision at a time when the pandemic was a lot more uncertain than when the film actually ultimately came out. They made that decision months and months prior. And so I don't know. I mean, I feel like you could have put, like, there is a bumper for, like, a Hulu original. Like, you could have put, like, this movie didn't get in theaters, ding, or whatever. So, yeah. Or you could put, like, that's not the Disney logo or something <laughs> stupid. Anyway, uh, Jordan Peele's Prey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they build a stretcher here so fast, I'm not sure why they didn't just build a hospital here on site. That was me. <laughs> they do this a lot in this movie where they, they show a really awesome primitive technique but the movie has to move forward. They can't stop for eight hours for her to make a rope out of, you know, skinned tree bark. So they just progress it really fast. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if you're able to build a stretcher that fast, just build a whole hospital and let's get this guy healed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> most thankful rabbit ever. <laughs> yeah, dude, that rabbit was toast before that wolf came along. Dude, that shot of the predator, like, tearing that bear open above his head is the coolest shot of last year. It's up there for sure. I love that scene too, because that bear is kind of having at him a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it comes charging at him and he just, Jason Bourne one punches that thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I love that scene and that shot of him raising it over his head. I've got a few more, but uh, what are some of the ones you wanted to point out? Oh, I already mentioned one, but. The movie is 6% bloody stumps, and that is 37% too much. Jonathan wrote that. <laughs> and I like, we like playing with percentages and yep. doing bad math on purpose. 
and also the movie has a, a little too much bloody stumps for my taste. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think this was another Jonathan. Yeah, it was. Uh, Predator Ex Machina, which is all the bullshit. Having the Predator save Naru from being killed by the bear is as silly as Jason Voorhees saving Renny from the rapists. And yeah, you could argue that Predator isn't intentionally saving Naru, but intent is only nine-tenths the law, which is actually a lot and completely ruins my point. So I'll just give a sin for Jason Takes Manhattan instead. Um I yeah. love Jonathan's sense of humor, but also his deep cut knowledge of movies like Jason Takes Manhattan, which I would I would never write yeah. a sin like this. So that's why uh, I like our team. We all add something unique. Anytime Jason Takes Manhattan is referenced, you know Jonathan was on the script somehow. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's definitely the case. <laughs> that, that's all the ones I wrote down that I wanted to know. Um, speaking of bloody stumps, man thinks there's medicine in 1719 that would cure an amputated foot and ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, I would give all the sins back if we find out that Nartu is an ancestor of Kevin McAllister. <laughs> oh, because she builds up. She does that Home Alone stuff for the uh-huh. Predator at the end, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then I'm told the animated backgrounds during the closing credits add to the story somehow, but I've already gone to the bathroom. Um, it was one of those things that, like, I like as we finished the movie, like, I just kind of let it keep scrolling because I was like, are they really going to do something here? But it was also like, it's kind of cool art style and my wife likes you know creative things like that I'm like, all right it's fine like i'm not you know it's an 80 minute movie i don't have to get up and go to the bathroom after an 80 minute movie but then like there was actually like a sequel tease in the end and i'm like i mean this is an interesting way of doing it like while not being a total post-credit scene but like how do you not have that thing in the like it, it was big enough it was big enough i can't remember exactly i think it was like another predator touching down or like it's uh it's i think three predator ships Yes. Uh, coming down from the sky, which is interesting. Uh, and I know you had a note here to discuss this because the last two yes. sins, uh, who wrote them? Because one says the gun doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. even because it's the gun that Danny Glover sees at the end of Predator 2. Right, which is from the Predator to, uh, to Nartu. Yes, to Danny Glover. So it doesn't make any sense that she has the gun now. A predator has to get it at some point, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the next sin says, just wipes away what the answer that the animation gives you by saying, oh, I went to the bathroom for that. And I wrote that. And Jonathan wrote the sin saying the gun doesn't make sense. But also, I don't think the three ships coming down means, it seems like some people think that means the predators are pissed and they're coming in force to attack the Comanche. And that may be what they do, but that doesn't, match up with what I understand from predator lore in that they are hunters of rule and order and they respect creatures that defeat their warriors. That's why they gave Danny Glover the gun. Yeah. So I think they're coming down to show her, we respect you. You killed one of ours and then they'll maybe trade gifts and she gives them the gun and they give her invisibility technology or something. Predator weapon. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it was teasing a sequel where it's multiple, like alien to aliens, where it's now multiple predators coming after Naru and the Comanche. I don't think that's, she barely, barely survived that encounter. She should have died many times. Yeah. There's no way she can take on 12 different predators or however many. So that doesn't make sense to me. The movie's really good about showing you that she is a novice and she kind of just lucks into the end. You know, I mean, she uses her brain, right? And she uses her skills, yep. but like. She no, she should she should have died every single encounter except for that last one. Yeah, um, and I mean it shows she's smart to come up with that plan to catch the lion, but it shows she's inexperienced because she steps too far out on the branch and it breaks and she falls. Uh, and the lion, for reasons 
unbeknownst to me, decides not to eat her then and there. Well, because a lion is a predator too, and you can't you can't kill things that aren't that's, sport. That's, yeah, that's so true. yeah, I think you're right in terms of like predator lore. Like I don't look, I don't really interpret the ending as um, as that now that that village is going to be attacked by three predators, but like it does mean something is happening. You know, they could even go the predator route and make it like one of them is that one was rogue and they're these are the predator police coming after him or whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but as long as they make a better movie than the predator. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was all I had on that one. So that takes us to Wednesday's video. Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the season episode or season one, episode one, uh, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Jonathan and Daniel writing on this one. Have you seen the show yet? Uh, I have not. I mean, I've, I watched this sins video. Um, and I've seen, you know, clips that have circulated, like the dancing clip and whatnot. Yeah. And she's an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. So it's on my list, but I have not seen it yet. It's good. It's worth watching. It's um, That's what I hear. It's certainly not without its flaws. And it's it's definitely, I think, targeted more towards like a younger demographic, uh, probably even maybe a little bit younger than myself. You know, I'm 28 now. It's like I feel like it's kind of marketed towards like high school, college, um, mm. like which is also weird because like I feel like I'm 28 like Adam's family and Adam's family values were like right when I was like a few years old. So like, I feel like I should be the target demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's all the, like, it's very obvious. This is a Harry Potter ripoff, you know, school. Mm. So, and like Harry Potter was also coming out when I was like five to 12 yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe it is a little bit more targeted to me than I think, but anyway, why don't you kick us off then? I have a few sins. No, I have two sins that I wanted to call out. The the whole thing uh, with Nancy Reagan's bust, the bust of Nancy yep. Reagan, but it's not actually, I'm not talking about Nancy Reagan's bust. Well, actually, now I am, <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking about the bust of Nancy's uh-huh. bust. <coughs> that, that is just wordplay gold. The other one that I really liked was almost entirely for Aaron's delivery is the one about uh, drinking warm drawer beers because he starts out saying drinking warm and then there's this kind of grossed out questions tinged drawer beers and it's just the delivery just made me giggle and giggle uh, mm-hmm. because yes the who would do that <laughs> why would you do that that's disgusting beers meant in cold places i don't have i don't have a beer in the drawer next to my desk right now and if i did yeah. um you, you should call somebody for me yeah indeed <clears throat> Not because there's this in here. I have to write it down. Uh, it's weird that someone as inquisitive as Wednesday would settle on a public schools. How do they work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I refuse to believe that any heir to the pilgrim world fortune would be able to be this serious about it. <laughs> He's so serious. He's angry. <laughs> and uh, thing being all like, hey, I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my number. So call me Wednesday. Is just perfect. That's fine. Um, but yeah, this movie's full of like, or this show is full of like a lot of charm and a lot of uh, like Thing is just as good as Jenna Ortega in this. I mean, obviously she's incredible, but like the way they use Thing, I mean, it's it's in the pilot where they have him like you know stand on the stump and flip her off, um, or flip. I think it's the bar, the barista guy because he says something like, "What is that?" Like whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. But um, Thing is really fun and charming and has. A ton of personality here um so yeah i'll have to get to it the only real problem with this show is that like designing a show around somebody who desires destruction like wednesday adam who yeah. revels in in that and then making her the hero of the story like is always just going to be conflicting and will never actually logically make sense but 
show's good enough that I don't care. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, the one thing that I had was a question for Aaron, uh, which uh, was uh, how long did it take him to learn to pronounce Nange de Jeune, whatever um, <laughs> the thing, the song from Inception that they use to um, let them know when they are uh, about like to give them a countdown for when they're going to be back. Um, and uh, Dicer responded. He said, not long. I just listen and imitate. Um, it's not, he sounded confident with that, too. So um even though he did officially submit an answer, we're going to add to the lore of Dicer that he is fluent in French. So uh, Excellent. That, that's what we decided. If he, if he didn't message me back by the time that we got to this part, we were just going to add to his lore. So he's fluent in French. I'm disappointed by his answer. So we're going to go ahead and say he's fluent in French anyway. There you go. There you go. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That'll take us to Thursday's video, Magic Mike XXL. You and Daniel on this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason you were assigned to this one? Doesn't seem like you're kind of movie typically. No, I have this suspicion that occasionally I'm assigned to movies where one of the two people who makes the schedule suspects it might make me angry because <laughs> people like my angry sins. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any proof of that. Uh, honestly, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's, it's weird. Like I just got an email yesterday asking if I had any preferences for this next month of scheduling. And there's a list of movies that we're going to sin. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have any that I was like, Oh, I definitely want to do that one or want to be on that one. And so I'll end up with three at random, not for any particular reason, but just because I didn't, I don't know why I was chose for this chose. I don't even think I send the original. No, wait, I did send the original. That might be why I was chosen. Well, that's also what I was wondering. I'm like, at least in terms of like hearing you on podcasts and whatnot, like, I don't, I don't know. I've ever heard you reference either magic Mike movie. Obviously the reason this one's coming out is because the sequel comes out this week. So I wasn't a, I wasn't sure if there was like, you're actually a really big fan of these movies or obviously it's like, it's Soderbergh. So, and I've, I've, I've not seen either of these movies, but like, Soderbergh doesn't make bad movies, you know? Oh, and I don't know about that. Soderbergh's experimental enough. I think he's made a few few that are bad. But uh, there, is a, there is a quality to the cinematography and the filmmaking for sure. But the content of these movies is exactly what it looks like. Hot people doing hot dances, getting sweaty, mm-hmm. stripping, but no actual nudity. And yeah, I mean, it's cotton candy. It's not, I mean, it's not good for you. You're not going to be happy that you experienced it, but it's not bad for you. You're happy when you eat cotton candy. Every time I've ever eaten cotton candy, I get a a sore stomach. Like I get sick from cotton. Maybe it's because I eat too much cotton candy. But there's no sustenance there. There's no nourishment there. But you're not going to have a terrible time if you want to see some beefcake. But that's what you get. But it's not anywhere on a near, on a level near Bogan Lucky or uh, any Oceans. yeah any of those movies it's and it's not trying to be i think that's a, a a point we need to make he's not trying to make an oscar winning movie he's just trying to make a fun pg-13 rated male stripper movie <laughs> so sure. that's what it is yeah spotify spending on this product placement instead of paying the artists that might yeah. be um 
it's not the funniest sin of the week, but that might be my favorite sin of the week. That's, that's Daniel, uh, and I really liked that. It's it's just real quick, and if you don't pay attention, you miss all the bite in that joke. Yeah. My wife and I made the switch from Spotify to YouTube Music because it's included in premium, and you know we get so many more benefits with that instead, even though we kind of like Spotify. And there was all the whole like artist backing out because Spotify refuses to censor things and it's just like i just i just don't want this to blow up and then half my favorite artists aren't on spotify anymore and we're like whatever it's our it's we were already thinking about it anyway just time to pull the trigger for us and uh the the one downside was we looked at how many views it takes for an artist to make a dollar and youtube music is by far the lowest but like (laughs) youtube videos pay out really well so like it's yeah. kind of that trade-off. Like we're watching more videos, which means we can support more people. And like, I still, I still buy CDs for stuff that I really like. Uh, it's been a yeah. while since I bought a CD, but like, I was, <laughs> I don't know that CDs are sold in stores anymore. But I like, if I would, if I would walk across the Babylon soundtrack, I would absolutely buy that CD right now. Anyway, I think the last one I might have bought was Baby Driver soundtrack. Okay, uh, so it's been a while, but. Uh, also, the the narrator getting super worked up during the the workshop scene where he's you know uh, like yeah like using the tools in a obviously very sexual manner you know was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> who among us has not wanted to fuck all of their tools in the garage? I like not severing limbs um, and appendages, you know. <laughs> also, just a really, really, really clever, really creative sin. Um, I feel like I would like to meet Mercedes maybe because like this is whole like <laughs> character brought up and like they're explaining. It's like you could just show her like <laughs> you yep. could just cast somebody. <laughs> that was great. Um, <laughs> what are some of the ones that you had down? Uh, well, I want to make sure listeners know that the one about tackling me into a pool unsuspectingly when I'm wearing a suit is absolutely true. I can't. I mean, it's bad enough that they told him they told him his friend died and come to a wake ultimately because this is the only way we thought we'd get you to come. And then he shows up in a suit. And the first thing they do is they're having a pool party Mm -hmm. and they tackle him into the pool. Well, he's got a cell phone, wallet, whatever. Like that is a dick move. And you're grown men like that is the kind of thing people would do in college. And I would have gotten mad at you in college if you did that to me. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that sin. Do not fuck with me by tackling me into a pool when I'm wearing a suit. I liked the since Vogue popping would likely pop my knee out. I got to remove a sin for the legendary completion of these dance moves. It is amazing some of the dance moves that Channing Tatum is able to do. Uh, I know he is a formerly trained dancer and Mm -hmm. started with the Step Up movies, but he's not a young, young man anymore, and he's still doing all the moves. Another one that I wrote that still baffles me is that the gas station has a 10-gallon vat of boiled peanuts that you apparently can only buy by the 58-ounce styrofoam cup. (laughs) In the background, they got this giant vat of boiled peanuts with a sign, and then the only cups nearby it look like large soup bowls. It's the weirdest freaking thing. Maybe it's common somewhere, but... I've never seen that. I don't want to live there. Uh, <laughs> that's commonplace. That's that's your sign to get out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the last one I wrote down is another Danielson uh, when he's doing that dance for the girl in the in the gas station, and there's so much Pepsi. Yep. Product placement. And he says it looks like Pepsi finished all over this scene, so we didn't have to. Mm. So. <clears throat> I had that done down as well. I also had grown man saying Bangi gets a sin every time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You just changed your entire ass mind in 40 seconds, dude. This ain't cash cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird scene because he literally does. He's arguing. And in like within inside of a minute, he's flip flop. 
Uh, the only talent I share with Donald Glover in the scene is the ability to pull off that hat. <sighs> it's probably not true either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donald Glover weirdly shows up in this movie and doesn't do a lot. All right. It's fair to say that Donald Glover is probably one of the most respected people in Hollywood right now, right? Um, I, I think probably, yes. Like, um, he's one of those, like, clearly multi-talented. Like, he, yes. he, is, he is great at everything. Like, it feels like this is kind of the excitement. Like, when we, you know, when Jared Leto bursts on the scene, we're like, hey, 30 Seconds to Mars is really good. And you're great in that movie. And now we just know him as that weirdo that is pretty talented. Right. Um, yeah, something when he wants to be um, go but yeah in terms of musical uh, but also writing but also big picture like atlanta i haven't seen all of the show but it's so unlike other shows and he had at least most of that first season conceptualized before they went and made it yeah and i just feel like that reminds me of the the way i feel about nolan being able to plan out the prestige to be so out of time and out of sync and non-linear, it just takes a, a brain that I don't, I don't possess, and I have a great respect for. So, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those that, like, it. He is he is going to have a very long and very healthy career in in all of the industries that he keeps, you know, yeah. spending his time yeah. in. And I'm I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm just like so excited to see like. It feels like Atlanta, like, is that thing. Like, what is that one thing that's really going to help break him out, like, into, like, next-level yeah. territory? Because, like, his stuff with Child, Childish Gambino got him a lot of things. But, like, he's a, he's a great stand-up comedian. You know, he's he's a great comedic actor, you know, and then you throw in the Atlanta stuff. And I know he at least wrote a lot of Atlanta. He's a director on it, too, right? I think he's directed several episodes. Yeah. So it's just one of those that it's like, that's, I mean, what an interesting I so badly want to know like how he thinks and how he's able to do all these things and why God chose to give him all the talents and me none. So, <laughs> I feel the same about Bo Burnham too. Like we know he can sing and um, he's a re- remarkably gifted comedian and writer and uh, you know, moving into his like directing with eighth grade was remarkable. And then even acting yep. and promising a woman. And it's like, yep. I'm just, I'm dying to see whatever he comes up with next. And uh Every part of me wants to see him play the Batman, uh, the J- Joker in a Batman movie. But oh man, I don't think he can probably do that. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're stuck with Barry Keegan for now, and I, I don't mean stuck because I think he's a great actor. Um, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I hope that we just stay away from Joker for a hot second. But if they have to cast one right now, like I, I hope they. I mean, they cut a scene where Batman goes to him in the Batman for advice on how to figure out the Riddler, kind of like a Sons of the Lambs kind mm-hmm. of deal. Is it on the, like, is there, is it released? Is it a, it's like on, on the, the Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. cool. And if they use the Joker that way, uh, where he's a Hannibal Lecter that Batman goes to, to try and understand sure. other madmen, And then maybe in the third movie breaks out. Yeah. And whenever Matt Reeves is done, the big finale is Joker broke out. I think it, I think it has to be. Yeah. I think that's where he's going, but anyway, Anyway, just yeah, big Donald Glover is uh, great at all the things, and I'm good at some of them. Yes, he is. Uh, Some would say Mike is pretty magic at Cinema Sins. I disagree, but whatever. Uh, This shit is School of Rock, only it's strippers, and you aren't fooling me, you dicks. (laughs) (laughs) And another contender for Sin of the Week for me. Um, Anyone that strip dances a sped up Nine Inch Nails song need Jesus or therapy 
or Jesus Therapy. <laughs> or Jesus Therapy. <laughs> it's a very weird song choice for a strip dance, I gotta tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen it out of context, but I'm sure it would feel odd in context, too. Yes, it did. That'll take us to Friday's <clears throat> video, Amazon Alexa Loses Her Voice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a writer credit on this. I don't have a guess for this one. I... I'll ask, I think Daniel did this one. Oh, I have no idea. If you think I know, <laughs> um, I have no idea. <laughs> it's because um, the commercial sins, uh, like, schedule is re- so relatively sporadic or in flux or whatever. Um, it is not a schedule that I ever look at. Yeah. I am simply told, um, hey, it's your week to write a commercial sins video you have until Saturday. And right. then I write it. And I know that I wrote, like, I know I wrote the one the previous week with yep. the jerk woman and the iPhone getting in everybody's way trying yep. to shoot her own son but i have no idea who wrote this and i i i did not make any notes here i watched this video but i apparently did was not moved to write anything down that's okay i got a couple for us then the news cycle would absolutely cover this like breaking news and god damn it that's just sad (laughs) yeah uh discount jeff bezos holy shit that really is jeff bezos so in that case (laughs) jeff bezos bezos uh (laughs) I'm not sure which one is worse, never having learned how to make a grilled cheese sandwich or needing a recipe to make one at all, which leads me to a great question. First of all, the the only acceptable answer to when you need to look at a recipe to make a grilled cheese is if you're looking at Babish's cookbook. That's it. Only acceptable reason. Okay. Because he does, you know, you know he's going to do something different and it's great. And he's like, hey, use this cheese and this cheese and yep. a couple different comments. That's the only only time you ever have to look for a recipe. Uh, Jeremy. I mean, if we're don't, if we're if we're going to the max, because I will I will take two pieces of plain white bread and American cheese, and I will eat that. Yeah, I'll there's nothing wrong with eat that. that. Yeah, but I like a really nice sourdough bread for my grilled cheese. I like to mix cheddar and Gruyere, but mm-hmm. I, it's best if you shave it fresh rather than getting slices or uh, getting pre-shredded. And then my trick which i stole from somebody on the internet is to not use butter on the outside but to use mayonnaise because it's a lot easier to spread it's a lot easier to be even on the outside of the bread and it crisps up the same way that butter does and there's no taste difference whatsoever and i just find the mayonnaise a little easier to work with than butter and of course it's not a grilled cheese technically if you put if you start putting meat on there but i wouldn't say no to some pulled pork in there or Mm. maybe some bacon so yeah My go, yeah, I go to is just hammer turkey, whatever we have in the fridge, or you know, some prosciutto in the middle. Um, oh, there you go, there you go. I do butter, but um, I I stick a little bit of butter in a in a cup and stick it in the microwave, melt it, and then brush it on the bread. So look at that, that's just as good. That's just as good. Just as easy as the mayonnaise, but yep, yeah, that's and just whatever cheese I have. But uh, I'm gonna have to. I, I I'm sure I have some Gruyere on me because that cheese is so underrated, man. Um, yeah, it is. <clears throat> If you are one of those people that's like, I wish I knew cheese, but I'm not spending however much money on cheese, whatever craft singles are fine. Look, go out and get yourself some Gruyere and try that next time you make mac and cheese. There you go. I, I'd like to experiment with some different grilled cheeses, but yeah, you're right. A craft singles on a piece of white bread is fine. Like it's still it's still what it is. So. I mean, listen, I will sing the praises of American cheese singles. I think there is a time and place for those on a burger. Um, mm-hmm. For those on a hot dog, that's good. That's good cheese. I defend processed American cheese. Yeah, so. you're right. It's got its time and place. Obviously, I'm not putting it on anything culinary, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make mac and cheese with American singles. No. But I will throw that on a sandwich 
or a, a burger or mm-hmm. a grilled cheese with no hesitates. A really good melting cheese has a nice flavor. It's just not technically cheese. No, I don't think any cheese in America is technically cheese, but it's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Cardi B is addicted to country music, which would make her excellent at country music sins. <laughs> if those existed. <laughs> not if, when. <laughs> when, when. Uh, that'll take us to uh, Behind the Sinner. So tell me about yourself. We're all sinners. Every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know? See, Daddy, sinners have soul too. The information, it's too much. Walk away, March. Just walk away. Well, we talked about all the content for the week, so we got uh, a little bit more to talk about. Uh, kind of subsequent, uh, we've been going through every writer and asking them their thoughts on the 1,000th video. I almost said 100. Wow. A 1,000th video. Uh, mm. The Everything Everywhere All at Once video. So, um... Uh, a couple questions for you. Uh, the, the first question this just ones that I asked everybody. What was it like to do your narration? I made sure to add video recordings uh, because you do narration at least twice a week. So, uh, yeah. What was, was there anything different? How was it like looking at the narration chart? Like, you know, seeing all oh, the different man. things that were going on. And like, did you did you did you did you like see anything that was like narration notes or like, hey, we really need you to do this differently or or like. Was it entirely different approaching it for the beginning because you know where you were going, so you like made sure to kind of lean into that? Like, just what was your experience narrating this forty-minute video? It was very interesting. Um, I mean, I knew the general concept of the video. I mean, you should see this freaking script, man. There's so many tabs on the mm-hmm. spreadsheet to keep all the different sin narrators separate. And Chris and Aaron Dyser, who wrote this, uh, thankfully gave me a Jeremy-only tab. So when it came time for me to do my regular narrations, I, all I had to do was just go down that tab. Now, there was an awful lot of them, more than normal. Mm-hmm. But that also humorously kept me from knowing, because I didn't go poking around, what the rest of the video was going to look like. And yeah, there were very clear instructions for, okay, this one, Jeremy, you're, you're, this is from the dumb Jeremy universe where your criticisms for everything is just calling it dumb. Uh, and so they were very good about giving me specific instructions there. And then, of course, there were a couple skits that uh, had to go down to Nashville and shoot, and uh, those were a lot of fun. And uh, it was just one of my favorite videos. It's only because of how it points out how creative and collaborative our whole team is from the editors to the writers. I think it's the best thing we've ever made. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure I answered your question, but I sure did ramble. I mean, I feel like the the question is just meant to be, hey, what are your thoughts on you know the video pre-release and all that? Plenty of good positive feedback as well uh, from the fans. Uh, we've been seeing oh, yeah. that for, for the oh, past, yeah. ever since it launched. Is there any fun facts that you wanted to throw out in regard to the making or release? Uh, I mean, we've heard a, a good number of fun facts, but if there was something um, that you noted or something that like something that you came across in the script and you were like, hey, I think this might be better this way. And it wound up making a joke funny or whatever. Anything, anything that you had input on the video that you wanted to point out in terms of making, releasing, whatever. I'm really proud of the outfit that Twitch streamer Jeremy wears. <laughs> I was allowed to put that outfit together myself. And that was a mock-up of a hoodie that we we're trying to do the tiny, tiny miniature logos all around the shirt and make it look like a paisley kind of pattern. But we we did the logos too large, so they look like pajamas. Uh, so we decided not to sell them. Then I wore it in this video, and people wanted to buy it, so we put it on sale. And I think three people that work for us have bought it, and nobody else has. And then just as uh, as a factoid, um, 
when Chris and I went to the Bell Court in Nashville to shoot our Siskel and Ebert style skit, they told me to wear, you know, a dress shirt and a jacket. And I, I have a suit, probably doesn't fit very well anymore. I wear that for like weddings and funerals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I otherwise don't wear jackets. I haven't worn a suit jacket since I stopped working at a movie theater and I had to. And so I pulled this jacket out of my closet and as I'm putting it on and we're getting ready to film, I said, I haven't worn this jacket in 20 years probably. Probably I worked in a movie theater the last time I wore this jacket. And I reached in the pocket and I pulled out a projectionist schedule from 20 years ago from when I worked at a movie theater. <laughs> and it was still sitting in the pocket. Um, and I I think I tweeted about that, but that gave me a big smile for like the rest of the day. We were going through all the movies but listed now on showing board, board and supremacy and traffic. And <laughs> I mean, Chris immediately pegged, you know, the the month and year that that schedule was from of course just based on the movies that were playing. Yeah, um, that's a very Chris thing. Yeah, but that was a very fun find. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, got a couple of fan submitted questions. Uh, I wanted to know what was your favorite sin to narrate in particular, or maybe sin universe. Um, but if you have if you have a specific one, but if you had a you know you had multiple different voices in this one because uh, there was the, 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 the we mentioned the dumbs and we and then there was the um, uh, the the Siskel and Ebert homage. Um, there was the um, conversational Tom and Bob one. Yeah, that was fun just because Dicer and I hopped on online together to do that one uh, collectively at the same time instead of doing them separate. I think doing the dumb ones was probably the most fun just because there's something about that narrator that shares a lot in common with a certain section of people who hate our videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel like that one had extra layers like, yeah. Now we're actually doing what you've accused us of doing for all these years, just pointing and saying, dumb. Yeah. Uh, but no, probably the Twitch streamer guy. I didn't do a great job narrating, uh, uh, memorizing. So, you know, they had to feed me lines and then we had to cut that down, but they were going to cut it down anyway to make it more Twitchy and MTV style. Yeah. Uh, and that was just a lot of fun. So <clears throat> yeah, probably yeah. that. <clears throat> and then did you have any uh, any other notes about the Tom and Bob Um you, know, you said you, you said you and Dicer did that together. Yeah, we were we were going for a kind of. I don't know if you ever saw the Alec Baldwin sketch on Saturday Night Live where they the two ladies are radio hosts and his name is Schweddy and he sells like oh Schweddy balls, yeah. balls, yeah. So we were kind of trying to go for that kind of a tone uh, of voice where everything is really pleasant and uh, friendly and uh, higher register and yeah it was it was a lot of fun but uh i didn't have any other specific notes about that. i just thought it was like an early npr ripoff so um cool <laughs> well maybe context. that's what it was for aaron <laughs> but for me it was the sweaty balls thing sure well, yeah uh you want to play a quick game with three sins and a lie yeah let's do it let's see what your options are looks like i have the happening the polar express or battle los angeles well, I wasn't on any of those movies, so Perfect. the happening. Mm, I was really hoping you'd say that. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So if you're new to the show, the way this game works is that I have four sins here. Three of them are in the official CinemaSins video, and one of them was something that uh, CinemaSins fan Joseph uh, put uh, together to to try to fool you. Your job uh, as the uh, the staff member, or even as listeners, to try to guess which one is the fake. If you can correctly false it, you win bonus points. If you don't, then nobody will remember in 20 minutes. Um, so uh, I'll read the four cents here, and then when I'm done, if you need to repeat any of them, I, I can do that. Uh, but you give me your guess as to which one is the fake. 
All right. Sin number one. Weirdly enough, the text for this class was written by Mike Huckabee. Sin number two. Why the fuck would anyone listen to this asshole, especially someone who has no clue what he's talking about? This is her daughter, right? I'm sorry, honey. I know you're scared, but this dude looks a lot like that guy from Rockstar. So I'm going to go ahead and trust his opinion on how you should proceed in this disaster scenario, okay? This iconic line is setting the greatest chase against the weather scene since global warming attacked in the day after tomorrow. And sin number four, I get he's more than a bit paranoid by now, but unless you're in a Lowe's garden center trying to impress a girl with your plant knowledge, only to have the cashier tell the couple in front of you both that the flower on the cactus is glued on, you're going to be able to notice the plant is plastic pretty quickly. Uh, I think the third one is not real. The third one is real. It's the Lowe's garden center one. The last one is... I should have known that botanist jo- Joseph would sneak in a <laughs> garden-related thing. Yeah, but it's... It, that's such a clever sin, because, like, you could tell, like, that feels like it's from a real story, like a place of truth. And I know, like, you guys like to sneak in real stories, and... Uh, yeah, and I... Uh, so close. I also haven't even ever seen The Happening as a movie, let alone, mm. like, did I not write since... I don't think you're missing like here's here's the here's the thing about the happening. I think the only way that it makes sense to watch this movie is because you know that it's supposed to be terrible and you want to laugh at it. But even then, I don't know that that's worth it. <laughs> like especially when something like Cinema Sins exists, you know. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, but like they'll 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 cover you, you know, but you know, I, I was immediately going to say I don't think you're missing much, but like Man, I, th- I think even you get some people together and you have a couple beers and then you watch The Happening. And I still think you regret that decision. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we wrap up. We will move to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Jeremy, what is that one thing that you would like to quickly recommend, warn, or wreck-a-warn? Uh, the Last of Us on HBO has me completely consumed. We already mentioned it a brief bit earlier, but mm-hmm. there's something about the craftsmanship of this show that's next level. It's not surprising because the it's one of the showrunners made Chernobyl, which was mm-hmm. also a very carefully crafted show. But the small moments, the small humanity moments are just so good. Uh, the show continues blowing me away. Um, so that's that's the only thing I would currently recommend to anyone uh it's the last of us on hbo have you checked out the uh official hbo companion podcast i have not i have not either but i think that they're putting out some like really great content because i i listened to uh they had one um so it was craig mazin and somebody else was on every week for talking about chernobyl Mm. um and that's a great companion podcast because they 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 give you all the sciencey research stuff and they tell you some of the things that they flubbed um and they like they break down here's how we shot this or here's what we you know they break down so much. It's so interesting. And the one on Watchmen uh, had Damon Lindelof every episode, uh, Craig Mazin and Damon Lindelof every episode. And it was so fascinating to hear them talk about this show, which is already like my favorite show of all time. So yeah, that show is incredible. So I'm really curious to listen to this last of us one. Um, I will probably get around to it soon. Uh, I want to get caught up on the episodes first, um, but uh Really excited about that. And yeah, the, the show's great. And um, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, even though it's it does minor variances from the video game, which I think are really welcome touches. So, yeah, I am going to use this as a uh, if it's all right with you, a chance for a quick self, like a little bit of self-promotion. OK, 
Um, this is my last week doing BTS. So uh, I thought I would use this as an opportunity to recommend places that you can find me outside of this show. That makes sense to me. Yeah. If you're one of the people that have enjoyed this run, if you're one of the people that have enjoyed listening to me and would like to continue doing that, so Dicer runs Sif Pop stuff, and then I am one of the editors for the site, and so I run this podcast. It comes out every Wednesday. It's called Sif Pop Writer's Room. The idea is that I have a guest on every week uh, that is also a writer for the website, and we talk about a very a bunch of a bunch of different things. We preview movies that are coming out this week, and we review a few movies. Um, the current theme of the show, we just changed it up, the format a bit, is we're just knocking movies off my watch list because I'm a buyer, not a renter, and... I think I have just as many movies that I own that I haven't seen that I have seen. So mm. that's a problem or at least haven't seen in a long time. Like I saw moon of once like four years ago and I'm dying to see that one again. So, mm. you know, that's on the list. Nice. So um, wherever podcasts are sold, you can get that there. Um, Sip pop writers room. That will still be going on that note. Uh, quick BTS season four update. The show is going on hiatus for a short time as the team is figuring out what season four looks like. So that's all I know. There won't be a new episode in your feed next week, uh, as far as I know, unless it, unless you're hearing from the, the the team proper, you know, the actual cinemas and staff members. I'm sure they will give you an update as soon as they know uh, what season four is going to look like and all that. So there is a quick update. This this is my last time still, and uh, the show will be on hiatus until season four gets figured out. That will do it for this week. Thanks again to Jeremy for hanging out. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time as well. Of course. Uh, Jeremy, where do you want to send people to connect with you uh, in the meantime? You know, uh, uh, yeah, just you can find me on Twitter, jscotttn, and uh, that's basically still the best place to find me for however many more weeks until it blows up. That's where I still spend most of my time online. So, Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, at Castle if you want to keep uh, hearing me for some reason. And lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening from. Send in your feedback and suggestions for season four to BTS at CinemaSins.com, or you can DM the BTS Twitter at CinemaSinsBTS. And we'll see you right back here whenever season four starts. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. Where are my notes? I lost my notes. You know, at least Judge Dredd was, you know, silly. Um, (laughs) That's 90s too, but in Stallone. But anyway, um, you heard it here first. I I think Judge Dredd is at least more entertaining than Camino. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, You want to play a quick game with Three Sins and a Lie? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I got to pull up the document here because I'm also bad at prep. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.